Well, Claire, another quiet week in the NHL. Yeah, nothing really happened, did it? No, no, not that much at all. Um, don't know what we're really going to talk about. Nah, just uh, don't know. Just chat about um, I don't know, nice socks and yeah, colourful ice skates and yeah, yeah, interesting, some... interesting lace tie-ups of skates, things like that. Fan yeah. posters in the crowd, yeah. Oh no, wait, hang on a minute. The Ottawa Senators did more stuff. Yes, let's talk about them because they are just a gift that keeps on giving unless you are an Ottawa Senators fan, in which case my sympathies because that is not a situation any supporter wants their club to be in. And we'd also like to say a personal thank you as Toronto Maple Leafs fans for making us move on from what was a dreadful night as Leafs fans and so that we could get a necessary distraction to ease our pain. So thanks, Sense fans. It was one of the joys of the whole time difference thing with the Islanders game that I woke up the next morning and watched the game in the afternoon and then obviously did not go the way the Leafs wanted it to go and we'll come on to that a little bit later. But... Game over. I opened my Twitter for the first time in 24 hours. I opened all the social media and all this kind of stuff, expecting to hear just all of this Leafs crap that's going on. And the first thing I read as I open Twitter is Guy Boucher is fired by the Ottawa Senators just a few days after getting the vote of confidence from the GM. And I thought, Ottawa, you, you're so kind. Thank you for coming to us in our time of need. There you go. Bye-bye, Boucher. Hello. Welcome to another episode of NHL Fans from Afar. Oh, I couldn't even say that right. It's it's only the name of the podcast. I think that spells uh, the sign for what might happen over the next hour. So this is a weird one, isn't it, Jolon? We're recording our podcast on a Monday morning. I don't think I've ever spoken to you this early in the day. I've spoken to you in the middle of the night. Yeah, weirdly. Yeah, spoken (laughs) to each other in the middle of the night, but never in the morning. Um, This is an odd time for NHL fans from afar to meet up because usually we're trying to catch up sleep from staying up really late watching hockey the night before or something like that but uh, there is a reason for this which we'll come on to in just a second but as we said we are going to be talking Ottawa we're going to be talking John Tavares and we're also going to be looking at a, uh, a little mismatched fight that took place in the NHL yes that's right there was a fight in the NHL this week there was a couple but one of them caught our eye particularly which we'll talk about a little bit later on Brilliant. Well, let's introduce our guest because uh, we mentioned last week how we are officially becoming NHL fans from afar, afar. And mm. uh, I do. From a really far. Yeah, a far, far. What did we say? Far, far. I think we went a far, far, far. Yeah. I okay. Think. Well, it's so far that right now it's his evening time, Monday evening. What? He's a, he's a teacher by day and a diehard sports fan by night. Adam, welcome to the podcast. You are in Australia. Is it sunny? What's it? What's happening over there? Yeah, hey guys. Um, well, it's night time at the moment and raining actually, but um, that was a pretty nice day today. Okay, so, I didn't. Think, I didn't think you guys had rain or darkness. I thought it was just always sunny and always light, twenty-four hours a day. Well, it's pretty much either really hot and sunny or lots and lots of rain. For weeks okay. at a time, so we don't really get the the midpoint. 
<laughs> but you are on the Sunshine Coast, which to any British person is just hilarious. Yeah, no, I can see the irony there. Now it's Sunshine Coast and yeah, it pretty much lives up to its name. <laughs> so whereabouts in Australia are you? Queensland. So about an hour north of Brisbane. Great. Oh, I'm going out there next year as part of a big trip. So I'll, uh, I'll wave. I'll be the one looking tired and miserable in the camper van. <laughs> <laughs> So how did you find... Yeah, and sunburn as well. Yeah, and yeah, all of those things. Yeah, <laughs> trying to put a lobster on the barbecue, which will be failing miserably and hitting all of the stereotypes. Yeah, I don't know anyone who's ever done that. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait until this time next year and you'll be watching a British guy trying to do exactly that. But anyway, how did you get into the NHL, Adam? <laughs> um... Oh man, I can't even remember the first game I saw, but um, I picked up Foxtel, well, our pay TV station about 2010, and they had like one game a week and it's evolved into three games a week. Um, and I saw this red team playing pretty fast, attacking from almost everywhere, and it kind of reminded me of my Premier League team, Arsenal. Mm. And Kind of no defense, nothing like that. Just attack, attack, attack. And I'm like, I like how these guys play. I'll go for them. And that's the Red Wings. Are you still uh, standing by that choice? Oh, yeah. I'm sitting here in my Winter Classic jersey from 2014 as we speak. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and how did you find the podcast as well? Um, so I've got an hour commute to work each day. So I just like always look for new podcasts to listen to. And I was kind of trying to find an NHL one away from North America um, just to get a different perspective on things and um, found this one and listened to the first one and really enjoyed it. So I started following. Yeah. And I like the way that you uh, have ribbed Jolon as well for banging on about the Leafs too much. I did chuckle at that. That's the only, uh, there's more, there's more than one team in the NHL, but. uh, (laughs) Yeah, but they're just not as good, Adam. That's. The problem it's yeah, yeah. interesting <laughs> oh, yeah i can't argue with that right now so <laughs> no it, it is interesting because i find uh because funny enough you're not the first person to mention that i talk about the leafs too much um including my my girlfriend and many other people um who couldn't care less but what i found um interesting is whenever i do these podcasts is when we're talking about a subject it could be something that doesn't even vaguely resemble a, like a leafs topic it could just be a general leafs thing and in my head, the only comparisons I can make are, do you know what? That reminds me when Kasperi Kapanen did this thing for the league. And I, <laughs> I've had to strike at least cut it down. But it is so difficult because you realise you, you end up relying on your knowledge base, which for me is mainly Leafs fan, elite stuff. Um, so I'm, yeah, desperately trying to broaden my reference base to more than just the blue and white team. But, uh, but yeah, it's work in progress. It's working. By the end of the season, I might have got it. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> see, Adam, what I'm keen to find out is how do you how do you watch the games in terms of like timing? We obviously have NHL Game Center and Premier Sports, but what kind of offerings do you have over there? Yeah, it's pretty sparse. So we've only got one real pay TV station, um, and they generally show three games live a week. And for us, that can range from, say, 10 to 12 in the morning or 11 to 1.30, something like that. And then they'll have a replay that night. 
Um, but it, it's always the same mix of teams. It's always be the big team. So it's very hard to get a read on some of the others. And the start of this season, the pay TV station dropped that because NBC got the rights in the States or something like that. So my mate who's a techie put me onto a streaming site so I can watch every game each day. And that's been the best way that I've been able to keep up with, with it this year where I can actually pick and choose what games I want to watch and not just see Boston, Washington and the Rangers every week. <laughs> yeah. But you, you've never seen a game. You've never seen your NHL team. No, no, no. It's, um, I've never been to the States. The only ice hockey game I've seen live was uh, I think 2014 was the first year they do a exhibition series in Australia, USA versus Canada. But it's usually maybe three NHL players and all the rest are AHL and um, the Canadian League and a mixture of up-and-coming skaters. So that's the only actual game I've seen live. Is there, any, is there any kind of ice hockey in Australia? Like, do, do they play yes. ice hockey? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's an Australian hockey or Australian ice hockey league. There's eight teams. Um, There's none in Brisbane. The closest one to us would be Newcastle, which is uh, two hours north of Sydney. Um, But there's eight teams around Australia. um, And they show the highlights every now and then on the pace station. But it's not a regular thing. It's kind of to fill a slot every now and then. So it's really hard to keep up with it unless you're streaming it through their live site. Mm. I've watched um, some Australian ice hockey because uh, some of the guys from the elite league in the UK, when the season finishes here, the season begins in Australia. So a lot of them are young guys, don't go home to North America. They go and play in the Australian league. And um, I think a couple of players from Manchester Storm went to play in the Sydney Ice Dogs. Um, One of them was a Team GB player, Paul Swindlehurst. He went out there for a summer, so we could just pay to watch the web streams for that particular team. Um, oh, yeah. And we'd follow it. Yeah, so we'd all be watching the hockey in the morning, which was really weird, um, to kind of follow our players as they kind of went elsewhere in the world. Yeah, I've been hearing a bit about the, um, was it the e- EIPL? EIHL, it's just the E-I-H-L, elite, sorry. elite League, yeah. Yeah, and everyone, I was listening to a podcast earlier today and everyone thought it was the English Ice Hockey League, but it's the elite. Elite, yes, because no, they no, no, have Adam, Adam, that Belfast. would make sense. That would make yeah, sense. That would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got Belfast. They've got um, uh, a team or two. Oh, yeah, and that as well. As well. <laughs> yeah. Scotland. That would go down really well. <laughs> and Cardiff. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Okay. God, yeah. 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 You, you're destroying and insulting the whole nations there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But hey. no, it, was, um, it was American podcast. That's probably why. Oh. What they should do is they should call it the Nations Hockey League and then it could be the NHL. That would work. Okay? But the UK, yeah. IHL. Yeah. yeah. Is that too many letters? No, just to too call many. it the Nations League. So the Nations Hockey League. And then it could just be the NHL. Mark that, two. That's not confusing for elite prospects at all. No, but it'd be great for Google hits. Suddenly you would find that loads of people would get like loads of NHL games before they've even gone over to North America. It'd be great. Um, All right, you suggest that. (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's talk some hockey anyway. Um, Adam, do you give us permission to talk about the Leafs first? Because we do need to just, I think Jello needs to get this off his chest about the Islanders and John Tavares. Do you give us permission? Oh, definitely. It's one of my favourite parts of the week. Great. Okay, here we go. 
Um, so first of all, I loved everything that has happened to do with the whole John Tavares thing over the last uh, week or so. Apart from the fact that when somebody threw a jersey at him because you shouldn't throw things at people. But anyway, that aside, one fan aside, um, I, I just really loved it. I watched the, the Islanders game, the build-up, there was loads of hype. Um, the video was awful, the, the pre-video from the local news place. We won't talk about that. We'll talk from the game onwards. What no, was that? just recap, because for people who are listening to this on catch-up, they might need to right. be reminded. Um, I, okay. didn't, I didn't see that video in the end. Oh, I just man. watched the highlights of the game. Highlights. <laughs> yeah, there weren't many of them. Um, so, well, the, this video from this local news station um, who cover the New York Islanders, uh, emerged about a week before the game and it was of this interview with several fans basically just saying how hurt they were by John Tavares leaving. They called him all sorts of things like traitor, snake, uh, pyjama boy, which is wrong because we never saw his pyjamas, by the way, guys. But anyway, why let facts get in the way of a good sob story? Um, so they did this whole thing with this soppy music underneath, this really like, heartbreaking music underneath. And it was just cringeworthy. It was it was awful. And it was just, you just watched it and you were just screaming at your device saying, this is sport, people. Like, calm down. This is not, you do not need to get this worked up about it. And that was completely the wrong angle for them to go because it just made the fan base look like morons. And it was just such a small amount of fans who felt that strongly about it. But anyway, so that happened. And so there was a lot of mocking going about that with fans but then on the night itself I don't think anyone quite was sure what it was going to be like there was all this talk leading up to the event and then it was kind of like will this actually create a kind of good atmosphere or interesting atmosphere oh my days it did like that that game was like watching game seven Boston versus Toronto in TD Garden like and there I've just done it again referencing it to a Leafs thing but anyway forgive me that's my one that I'll do this podcast um but the atmosphere was just immense like the islanders fans were on john Tavares as as soon as he stepped on the ice they were booing they were coming up with chants of we don't need you uh it's your bedtime all of this kind of stuff and it was pretty good like they it was pretty good the atmosphere was great i didn't sound like it was particularly nasty the chanting in there um, from anyway, listening on the TV. But the thing that was just incredible was it was an electric atmosphere and even the commentators on the broadcast couldn't help but mention it because they were being drowned out by the sound of the crowd. Um, and it just made for this first period of hockey, which was just like watching a playoffs. It was intense. You, you're nervous. You're edge of your seat. You, you just did not want the Islanders to score as Leaf fans. And likewise, I'm sure the Islanders fans were just willing John Tavares not to score a goal. And so you had all of this great stuff. And then, sadly, for the spectacle and for Leafs fans, the Leafs just threw away the game after that. Um, and coming off the back-to-back with a load of injuries started to really show. And they played abysmal hockey from the second period onwards. Um, so the game kind of petered out. I'm sure if you're an Islanders fan, you do not describe it as petering out. You love every single goal that went in. Every time Tavares had to see the Islanders score against his now team, they must have loved it. So they really had their moment and they had their time to show what they really felt about Tavares leaving. I thought Mike Babcock said something really interesting after the game. He said something along the lines of, well, 
they don't boo you like that if they don't care about you and they don't miss you or something along those lines. When you get booed on the roads, you must be something special. That was it. Yeah. And he said, you know, you've got to be something special, which was a really nice little clever Babcock type dig at the uh, Islanders fans. And it is true because, you know, loads of players, he went on to say, I'm sure many players have gone between the Islanders and Leafs and other teams and nobody even notices. And everyone kind of had a little chuckle. And it was true, though. Obviously, they they put so much heart and soul into supporting that player fit for him to then leave. I guess was tough. Then the final bit of this long run is the fact that the Leafs fans then reacted in just a brilliant way. And now the Scotiabank Arena, or what it used to be, the Air Canada Centre, is known as the kind of prawn sandwich arena, the kind of like sushi and white wine watching uh, Leafs games because it's so flipping expensive to go there and so much of it is corporate. Um, so often the atmosphere isn't as great as it could be because there's a lot of people in there, but a lot of them don't reappear for the beginning of the periods and all this kind of stuff. But there was this thing that got started, which was the let's support Tavares day kind of thing on Saturday and let's get behind him and show him, well, the Islanders may not want you, but we do want you and we are so pleased that you're here. Um, and from the moment he stepped on the ice uh, for the lineups, Babcock, classy guy when he wants to be, um, put him out first in the starting lineup, which he didn't necessarily have to do because he'd done it with Matthews for quite a long time. Tavares on there, the blue line, all the other players just held back from the blue line lineup for the Anthems, and then John Tavares' name was read out last in the starting lineup, and the crowd just went nuts. And the noise from the Air Canada, sorry, the Scotiabank Arena was just like I'd never heard it before. And then, of course, what does he go and do? He scores a goal and then the place goes crazy. I just thought it was great. It was great to have two games that, to be honest, Leafs versus Buffalo and Leafs versus Islanders on a Thursday night could have just been games that really didn't mean that much or much happened. It just made it an event and a spectacle and it was just great. More of that, please. Let's hope all the UFAs, apart from Mitch Marner, and RFAs change teams in the summer and we can have this hatred spread across the whole entire league. Yeah, I don't know though. I mean, interesting comments that were posted in, in our Slack group, actually. Um, Mark, the Leafs fan, put, booing is fine. Wine on sports radio is fine. Online abuse isn't. Sport is meant to be fun. Um, Anita, um, our Polish fan, said the level of rage is kind of ridiculous. Sports should bring joy, not turn them into hate monsters. Um, couldn't, and that's couldn't all, agree that's more. all true. And that's all true. And all the online stuff is ridiculous. And, uh, you know, that goes in with that video that they were saying. But the actual in arena and, you know, the crowd trying to give their team an advantage. There's no way that the Islanders give that kind of amount of effort in that game if, Tavar- if that whole Tavares thing isn't going on with the crowd and everything like that so I just think you want those kind of you know you want those kind of good natured chants those kind of you know it's past your bedtime and all of that kind of stuff that's great and now those atmospheres are electric and it is so much more entertaining to watch and likewise when Tavares comes back on Saturday and the Leafs get behind him but yeah I mean all of the online stuff but social media has that effect doesn't it social media goes over the line just constantly in fact social media tends to sit over the line when it comes to people's opinions and stuff like well, that it's and keyboard warriors course, that that's all it, it is. is it is and they gather on events like this but i think if you just purely look at the on ice spectacle and in arena spectacle over the last few days 
I think apart from the one guy who threw a jersey, then you kind of think that was just a that was just a really entertaining story, and, and that's that's what sport should be. Yeah, well, see, Adam, I'm I'm keen to hear what you think as coming from an, a complete outsider in this, someone who doesn't support New York Islanders or Maple Leafs. Was it a story that interested you as a Detroit Red Wings fan? I loved it. I think, um, apart from the cringeworthy video, that was <laughs> so hard to watch. I got through about 10 seconds, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and like we said, it's like five fans of a whole fan base, so you can't judge them on that, but it was just, ugh. Um Yeah, I followed the Tavares free agency thing with interest because of who he is and, and the history he's had at the Islanders. I think the Islander fans obviously have a reason to be angry. Um, and I think it was great that they got what they needed to off their chest. But I think in the end, the Islander fans have done both the um, the Maple Leafs and the Islanders a favour because they've had some pre-playoff experience now in that sort yeah. of atmosphere. So for the players who haven't been in the playoffs, that's what it's going to be like, especially with the hatred between the fans. So I think they've actually helped out both the Islanders and the Maple Leafs with regards to the atmosphere. Um, I love seeing the Islanders and the creativity they went to with their jerseys and wearing the Tavares ones there and crossing out the Avaris and putting Traitor and all that Tra- sort of... What was it? Trey 91 there, or, or Trey yeah. 91 or... Yeah, yeah all, the, all those <laughs> things, the signs... Um, all that sort of stuff. And then the Islanders came out and played uh, a, a complete playoff-style game. And it was awesome yeah. to watch. And you, and you are right, the Maple Leafs kind of folded after the first um, first period. And then the follow-up going back to Toronto again, I think that was a... Because regardless of what he said and regardless of how he's left, it definitely would have had an impact on him because it is pretty much an entire tirade against him so I think it was really good for the Maple Leafs to then do that so now they've had those two game experiences it's behind them and I'm just I'm looking forward to seeing what what's going to happen in the future whether this is going to turn into a long-standing rivalry and get a bit more hatred back into the comp because it's kind of lacking a little bit I think in some areas yeah, it seems like this this season has been quite interesting for the Leafs because there's been a couple of really feisty games against the Sabres, for instance. There used mm. to be a bit of rivalry there. Montreal was seeing coming back into a wild card position. They're chasing us, um, you know, in our particular division. Um, yeah, well, the, the know, reason the reason for all of this is because Toronto is becoming a contender again. That's why. I mean, you know, Toronto have been so bad for so many years that, yeah, okay, we've had the Canadiens rivalry and we've had the geographical rivalry over the last few years and Boston through, um, you know, them beating us in the playoffs twice. But, but because the Leafs have been so bad for so long that these rivalries haven't really mattered or it's not really, you know, why would you brag about beating the Toronto Maple Leafs? Well, everyone beats the Toronto Maple Leafs. But I think now this year, because... You know, last year and this year are kind of the turning point for the Leafs where they suddenly become a decent team again. Um, I think you'll see a lot more of those rivalries appearing. And yeah, I mean, the Islanders one's an interesting one because like you, Adam, I don't know what will happen with that. It might, you know, I would imagine, I think we've got, I think we've got to play them again at some point this season. But um, I imagine there'll still be stuff in that one. Whether it then goes over to next year or not, I don't know. Or whether things will start to calm down. I mean, 
interestingly enough, the Islanders have got a lot of UFAs coming up this summer, not as big named as Tavares, but they've got quite a few and they might find themselves booing at a lot of teams when, uh, you know, a lot of players leave. But I don't know. It'd be interesting to see whether it... Different coach, though. Different coach. Barry Trotzel. You know, and and Lou Lamarello. You know, they're the type of people yeah. want to. They don't. They're not going to leave these things to the last minute. They're kind of very traditional businessmen, aren't they? I heard they are, and I heard an interesting uh, one. <laughs> I heard someone say something about Lou Lamarello as a GM when he was at Toronto and wherever he is. And uh, somebody said Lou makes things happen. We don't know how, but he makes them happen. You kind of wonder, the kind of sinister edge that he kind of just gets get stuff done. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure he will manage to sign some of those. I did find one interesting storyline along this, though, was one of the reasons why the New York Islands fans were so uh, jacked up for this game and so angry about Tavares leaving was that New York, as a city, is not used to free agents leaving. They are very used to free agents signing and coming over to their teams, um, but they're not used to teams, uh, sorry, players leaving or choosing to leave the Big Apple. So I did think that might have something to do with it, I mean, if you look yeah, at Toronto, there have been many, many free agents across all the different sports that have left the city eventually. Yeah. Um, you know, even Matt Sundin for the Leafs went to Vancouver. You know, yeah, but happened. Toronto is like the capital of hockey, really. You know? It is, it is. But even, even saying that, there are still many players who've left Toronto in recent history because of how bad they've been. Toronto yeah. is the capital of hockey with a terrible hockey team. Like it's ridiculous, and so all of the all of these big name players have left and gone on to other teams to try and win a cup. And I think New York as a fan base, and I'm sure I will hear about this from New York fans. But anyway, New York as a fan base is not used to free agents upping sticks and leaving because it is seen as what. Well, if you're a millionaire sportsman, I can imagine it's a pretty fun city to be in. The pinnacle. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, I um, what I was going to say is what these games teach us is how do how does a team deal with adversity and yep. um, as we start to kind of consider okay looks like Leafs probably will make the playoffs. I know um, where you're going with this. What yeah. lessons are they learning, right? And so I was listening to Brian Burke former GM on Hockey Central the other day, talking about how when that goal was disallowed in that particular game for Zach Hyman, how that was when the team deflated and they just couldn't seem to get themselves back up. And these are the type of situations that are going to happen in the playoffs and will make or break a team getting through a round. Um, So that was interesting to kind of see that and think, are we there yet? Have we got enough maturity to deal with this kind of stuff? I think um, that's true. I think the, the counter argument to that is that the Leafs are, are hurt at the moment in terms of you've lost experience in Jake Gardner, uh, Travis Dermott's not experienced, but he's, he's certainly been a mainstay of the Leafs D this season. And also Nazim Kadri, who is a big loss. One of the big reasons why I think the Leafs lost the series last year year to Boston was the fact that he got himself suspended um you know that he is the kind of person you need in games like that I'd have loved to have a Nazem Kadri in a game like that against the Islanders mm, and uh you know to to not have someone like that the Leafs are you know they're they're struggling at the moment and to lose two D-men in a <laughs> in a defense that is as 
as light as ours at the moment anyway, even at full strength. I think it's something, and also it was off the back, uh, off the back to back. You've got your backup goaltender in. So there are, there are loads of excuses as to why you can say the Leafs didn't win that game. I think <laughs> you're right. There is an element of, you know, hang on a minute. This was a, a big moment, a big, uh, the atmosphere was hyped. It was a bit like the playoffs. And it led you to ask me a question during the week when we bumped into each other about whether I would prefer a Leafs first round against the Bruins, therefore finishing in the playoff spot, or if we dropped out into the wild card and faced the Islanders. And I, you asked me that question three days ago, and I still haven't come up with an answer. I, I genuinely don't know what the answer to that question is because this, I hate both of them. It's the stuff of nightmares. This is yeah. it for a Leafs fan. Oh, sorry, yeah. Adam. It probably is. <laughs> it's just I think um, it's better having this loss now and feeling what it's like than it happened yeah. in the first round where there's a lot more on the line. So yeah, yeah. But, the Leafs, but the Leafs also lost to the Islanders at home at the beginning of the season, like six 0 or something oh. ridiculous, or four 0 Like we we played. Two games we had to see this, and both of them, they have walked all over us. Oh, yeah. You didn't get beaten by Montreal. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's, I, just, I just don't know. I don't know. I, I, I look at it and I think for every reason I can come up with not wanting to play Boston, I can come up with another reason I don't want to play the Islanders. Mm. And I, I almost think the Islanders' story is worse if we lost to them in the first round of playoffs. Like that would hurt. That would, yeah. uh, that would be a really tough one to deal with. All of this stuff that I was just saying about how great it is, the fans got into it so much, and you know this atmosphere that would change. Like that would because that that would mean something. You know, <laughs> losing in the first round to the Islanders that would uh, I well, I don't know what I almost think I prefer to lose to Boston. <laughs> but then this is the thing. This is the problem with Leafs fans. And we'll move on to other fans very soon because I can feel Adam writing a tweet at the moment saying that we're just, we're too Leafs-centric. But like this is, this is the problem with Leafs fans. We're looking at this as who would we prefer to lose to in the first round? And it's like, well, no, 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 no. That's not what we should be thinking. We should be thinking who should we want to beat in the first round? But that's not how Leafs Nation works. Uh, anyway. Right. But. Come on then. Let's just look at some stuff that's going around. We'll talk about Ottawa in a second because we can't. Oh, yes. But let's let's look. For instance, Boston Bruins are on a 16-game point streak. Um, and yeah. absolutely destroyed Tampa Bay the other night, which doesn't happen. And they're about to go and play the Hurricanes, Panthers, Sens, and then the Penguins. So they're kind of you know, place in the standings can only rise from what I see. Um, Didn't they play Detroit the other night and beat them like 1-0 or someone? They played... Uh, wasn't us. Who did so they play? They played look. someone. So they beat Tampa and that was incredible the way that they beat them. And then they played someone the next night and I remember thinking, oh no, it's the, sorry, it's the New Jersey Devils. Um, yeah. They played them and, and beat them 1-0. Scored in the first period and then didn't score until well, then just kept it at one nil. Um, but these guys just seem to have found the the remedy to winning. Like it doesn't matter whether they're playing Tampa or New Jersey, they are just winning and they are absolutely flying up the standings. Yeah, talking about people who are also doing well, Philly Flyers sixteenth win in twenty one games. They move five points of second wild card spot in the Eastern. Um, what a turnaround for them. We mentioned them last week, I think it was, or maybe the week before. They're just 
on a on a roll, aren't they? Just powering it's up. It's amazing what happens when you find goaltending, isn't it? Mm. Um, Ducks. Hearts made a difference. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it just shows, doesn't it, that if you can get a goaltender, and right, actually, while we're very briefly on goaltending, um, Jimmy Howard, right? Yeah. The Detroit goaltender. So he's a restrict. He was an unrestricted free agent, or is an unrestricted free agent, I yeah. should say, at the end of the year. And there was some talk of him being moved at the deadline because, obviously, you know, he's a well, he's a he's an all star goalie, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. And uh, like. What do you make of him? Are you glad that he stayed? Will he stay beyond the summer? Or would you have liked to see him moved at the deadline for something? Um, it's a tough one. Like, he's a... I don't know. I, I Deep down, to me, it makes more sense if we tried to move him. Because he's 34 as it is. Um, but there's been talk lately that he might be looking at a two-year extension. A two-year extension at that cap hit I could take. What's his cap hit? Do you know? Um, he's on 5-2 at the moment. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. If it's similar to that, um, I'd be all right with that. But I would have been... I think I would have been more happy if we'd moved him. Because hmm. there's... We're not in a win-now mode, obviously. And... We're getting, we've got some good prospects in the system. We've got a whole bunch of draft picks for the next two years. So stockpile on them and see what we can get for them. Because I know San Jose was looking for keeping. Um, yeah. uh, who was the other one I was thinking about the other day? Um, I don't know. It'll come to I was just thinking there was teams out there that could use him that we'd be able to get a pretty good return on. So I probably would have preferred to see him moved. But at the same time, you do you, you need a goaltender, don't you? And you kind of yeah, we wonder whether he's our backup. Yeah, you're welcome, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just wonder whether you kind of get a guy like that, as you say, if you can sign him for two years on a decent cap hit. I mean, cap's not going to be your problem for the next few years anyway, because no, it's not. so many big contracts are going to be coming off the books anyway. Five million yeah. here or there is not going to make a difference. But if you could get him signed for a couple of years, you at least know you're going to get kind of like league average goaltending from the guy. Yeah. And then you can kind of develop prospects and maybe bring in a young goaltender and, and bring him in for certain games and, and all that kind of stuff to try and basically avoid what's happening in Philadelphia right now, where before that they traded for Cam Talbot from the Oilers, they were having to put, um, what's his name, Carter Hart in oh, because, yeah. because, well, there was no one else. They went through the entire the entire National Hockey League emergency goaltending and went through every single one of them, got to the end of it, realised there was no one they wanted and had to then call up Carter Hart. And, you know, thank God for him, he's done well this year because it would have been a disaster if he'd have really struggled and it could have set him back a few years. But I guess that's one yeah. advantage to keeping a guy like Jimmy Howell. Yeah, that's what I said. Two years I'd be fine with. Um, mm. Looking at that, if he's any more than that, he'd be 30... Six, we've got a few guys already 35, 35, 38, and then a whole bunch that are from basically 24 and down. So we've got very little in the late 20s. It's mm. kind of, um, we do need a couple of those guys to mentor the young guys. Um, so yeah, two years, now that he's staying, it'd be, I'd be fine with that. Yeah. 
What else? I've got on the list here, Ducks. Um, they finally ended a five-game losing streak and you see the five-year contract with Jakob Silverberg. Um, he was going to be a UFA, wasn't he, 1st of July. So they bagged him for five years. Ducks are a team which are a bit kind of, where are they <laughs> going right now? Uh, yeah. It's a bit of a mystery when you look into the crystal ball of where they're going to be in, in, you know, by the end of the season, let alone in a few years' time. I don't know what they've got in terms of picks, um, come New Anaheim. Mm, yeah, don't know what their future yeah. looks like, but uh, um, off the top of off the top of my head, Claire, they've got uh, their own first. St. Louis's uh, conditional first round pick, uh, their second. Uh, they haven't got their third this year, Claire. Just off the top of my head. Yeah, um, we'll have to do um, a first a, round episode, first actually round, on their round draft. Year, first round the year after. Um, yeah, yeah, all this stuff off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you clever? Yeah, I got cat friendly open in front of me because I was looking at uh, Jimmy oh, Howard's contract. Know, I was just looking at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can't remember what what uh, the Leafs have got in terms of their own picks, let alone the Anaheim Ducks. Um, but there's quite a few teams like that. I watched them. Um, I watched the LA Kings the other night, and they played Chicago, and they they demolished them six three, and looks incredible. And I thought, hang on a minute, have I am I watching like an archive game? I, th- I thought this is not the LA Kings that I've heard so much about this year. Certainly not the LA Kings I saw play against the Leafs. And yeah, they look really good. But I guess, you know, every now and again, even bad teams have good games. But yeah. um, there are some big, there are some big teams who are going to, uh, who are going to have to kind of do the whole big reset thing. Um, one, one interesting one, and we mentioned it, Adam, you mentioned it briefly with um, San Jose looking for Jimmy Howard, is that um, Martin Jones, the San Jose goaltender, so San Jose have tooled up this year. They are going for it. You know, they've got all the big D in. There's a bit of worry about Eric Carlson and how fit he is. But, you know, they've, they've gone big for this year. And yet their goaltender is ranked one of the worst, if not the worst, in the NHL of starters. And yet this is a guy who has been brilliant for them in the past. I know he's had ups and downs, but he has generally been brilliant. And in the playoffs, he's great. But... That has got to be a worry if you're San Jose and you're in win-now mode, you're in this-is-our-year, you know, Joe Thornton's possibly last year or one of his last years. Um, You've signed players who you probably can't keep for very long because you've got too many big contracts. But then to have a goaltender, I don't know, can a team win a Stanley Cup without a good goaltender? Mm. Yeah. They were... They got Nyquist off us to help Thornton's line. I think they're already fifth in the league It's in scoring before that. Yeah. I think I've heard somewhere. So unless they're just going for the... We're pretty confident we can outscore. We've got a big physical team of defensemen and they're just going to try and block the net out and try and protect the goalie. I think that's the only strategy they've got left after what they've done at the, at the deadline. Um they're, they're deep enough to go a long way, but it, I think it might catch up with them right near the end. Yeah. The... And they, they are in win now because looking at their cap friendly, they have traded away this year's first, this year's second, this year's fourth, and also next year's first and third. So, I mean, they are, yeah, they they are, are. not br- yeah, they are not bringing through any new kind of nah. top prospects for quite a long time. They've also got Evander Kane with seven years left remaining. Um, but then a lot of players just on one or two year contracts left. And there is no way that, well, some of these people will just go straight into retirement. But yeah, Nyquist was an interesting signing though, on, on the deadline day. Yeah, I'm going to miss him. I love watching yeah. him play. And he was, he's been having a 
a really good year considering how bad our team is. Him and Larkin have been... Larkin might get 30 goals this year considering... Wow. He's an incredible player, Larkin. He is. He's, he's, the, he's the kind of player you hate watching play your team because you know he can just do something special. He's like Jack yeah. Eichel with the Sabres. But you know that he can just pick the, uh, the puck up in anywhere on the ice and it could end up in being a goal. Yeah, yeah. but bigger than it, that, it's franchise as well, isn't he? He's there as the poster right, boy. Yeah. yeah. He's there too. We've got him signed through to 22. Um, and yeah, well, he'll, be, he'll be our franchise player. I hope he is anyway. What's um, his cap hit? 6-1. That's good. Yeah, that's really good. good. It's a good deal. Um, wow. And... But yeah, what 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 we need's a playmaker. Like he, he's a he's an elite goal scorer, but he, that's what he does. He's a goal scorer. We need what we need's a playmaker to come in and and assist him. <laughs> you uh, need a Mitch Marner. <laughs> yeah, anyone. I'm just looking hey, at Claire, that. Claire, 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 that's anyone. not funny. You can't make jokes like that because he's the one that's not signed. All right. Okay, so I know. We don't, we don't make I'll jokes about Marner until he's signed his contract. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it just seems impeccable timing, doesn't it? What about uh, what about a straight swap, uh, Adam? Jimmy Howard for um, for Mitch Marner. We could do with a backup goaltender of the Leafs Nation. <laughs> oh, awfully tempting. I'd have to see what's in our prospect system with regards <laughs> to goalies. <You> yeah. Know- <laughs> That's that's one thing that I think is worth um, talking about. Maybe maybe if we do a special episode on on draft, because what I always find interesting, you mentioned there about the importance of having great goaltending, right? How it really does make or break a team in the regular season, let alone the playoffs. But when you come to looking at things like the draft, I mean, just looking at 2018 draft, the first player who was a goalie picked out of the draft was in round two, uh, 39, right? For New York Rangers. After that, it was 62 for Edmonton Oilers, ironically. Um, so, uh, and then Colorado picked one at 64. So we're always going way down the list for some, some of these guys. What are we doing? Where, where is that kind of farm, that growth to ensure that this position, which is, possibly the most important position for any team that that is kind of being developed for long term i'd be really interested mm. i mean i know rob mcgregor next time we have him on we'll have to ask him because he's mr goalie he loves that kind of stuff um yeah. but it's one to think about isn't it um, yeah as we approach um july 1st and the and the draft and all that kind of stuff we should yeah we'll do a podcast looking at looking at that um and also the players we can do uh, the upcoming draft with your favorite mm. capo capo whatever his name is Oh, yeah, by the way, the I just just a quick mention about goalies. We got an email um, from Kieran, who is a new listener to the podcast. Hey, Kieran, um, I'm guessing that he's British from his the things he puts in his email. Um, mm-hmm. He says that he's a lifetime hockey fan. He spent several years on the ice in roles as both poacher and gamekeeper, which <laughs> made me chuckle. He put reference the Freddie Anderson incident we were discussing um, a couple of weeks back. Remember when you were saying Steve. Dangle couldn't even heard of this rule um, where I think the, oh, yeah. the ref was saying, you know, play the puck, play the puck. I've seen this a couple of yeah. times. I see sort of again the other day where a goaltender had the, the puck in his glove and he was told to, to move the puck, move the puck by the referee, which I've That's never it. Come 
So, um, Kieran put in his email, uh, he hadn't seen the incident in question, but it sounds like the referee decided there was no threat and therefore no need to freeze the play. He'll give the player, in this case Anderson, a warning to release the puck. If he fails to do so, it becomes a delay of game and the consequences change dependent on game time remaining. Um, it's quite unusual, especially at this level. Uh, he said that he got um, a penalty himself in a similar manner when he was 13. Uh, maybe he's only 18 now. I don't know. Um, also, reference about the helmet points. You know how I was saying in the UK, in Europe, it's slightly different tweaks in rules. Um, yeah. That in UK, if your helmet comes off, you've got to get off the ice. Otherwise, you get um, an, in- what, I can't remember what it's called, incomplete equipment penalty or something like that. Um, but This is for non-goaltenders, yeah? This is for non-goaltenders, <laughs> Yeah. Um, he was saying um, the rules have only changed a couple of years, a few years ago. Um, there were lots of minor nuances between the two, as in um, the uh, NHL and Europe and UK. Um, but the rest of the world eventually follows the what the show do. Um, he gave another example, which I've not heard of this. Examples are deleting the centre line for a two-line pass, hybrid icing, and the face-off moving into the offending end after a penalty call hmm. that's like phew, over my head but um no i get i get some of that the, the, the thing that i the thing that i find frustrating about that rule with the going back to the goaltending one the covering up is that what was the bit about he said about what you can get charged for uh delay of game and then what was the next bit um the consequences change dependent on the game time remaining well that's that's crap like that's yeah. ridiculous what that what kind of a rule is that because then what the the referee's looking at it going oh well we're in uh, game seven of the playoffs so we can't really give them a penalty for that what what that's yeah. ridiculous and yeah, it's completely that's... subjective as well because it's like how much danger there is as a goaltender you've got to think if you've got your mask on and you're then relying on the referee to judge whether it's a dangerous play or not and whether there's a player around. That's ridiculous. Well, speaking of ridiculous, shall we move on to Ottawa? Yeah, oh, yes, please. Yes, please. please. Ottawa, <laughs> man, what are you doing, guys? Right, let's set the scene. So G. Boucher, goodbye. Mark Crawford steps in as interim sense coach. Let's just take a look at where Ottawa are right now. They have no star players. You have to look down, Claire. They look have... Down. No new rink. There's no kind of yeah. new coach, technically. It's just an interim. They've lost their first round pick, as it stands. They've lost, in terms of trades, Carlson, Stone, Duchesne, Hoffman, Dezingle. What uh-huh. is the future? The GM uh, publicly said that the coach had destroyed the team, traded all their best players. I mean, it is embarrassing. And also, what about the timing of getting rid of your coach? There is no good reason to get rid of your coach at this time in the season. So clearly there must be huge emotional rifts going on behind the scenes. I mean, and this is also the team that wasn't it a few months ago when we had the taxi situation. Was it with mm, Ottawa? Uber, Ubergate. It just Uber. feels like every week there is something going on with Ottawa. Um, I mean, I wonder what their season ticket sales are like because this feels like a team that you may as well just, as a fan, just go watch another sport for the next two or three years because it's going to take a long time to build this. See, I heard something about season tickets are down like 4,000 this year or something like that um, for the upcoming year. But 
the the crazy thing is about this whole thing, and it, it, it stops becoming crazy when you talk about the Sens because crazy becomes normal. But they, on Monday, so a week ago today, the uh, Pierre Dorian, who I do have a little bit of sympathy with, actually. But anyway, Pierre Dorian, the general manager, comes out and says, after all of those trades, after all of the stuff, shipping all of those players out, basically selling the team and not re-signing a single one of their players, then he comes out and says, Guy Boucher is our guy till the end of the season. He's out of contract then. We will support him. He is going to help us get us into a good position in the summer and, you know, champion all the young players and everything like that. He is our man. That was on Monday. Okay. Professional sports, that's like a nail in the coffin. I know, but it's crazy, isn't it, that he comes out and he says he's so adamant. It wasn't even a flippant kind of uh, support. It was a proper kind of strong support from the management. And then on Friday, Thursday, Friday, they sack him. And the crazy thing about it was, if you listen to the press conference with Pierre Dorian, he said about how he decided after the game against Edmonton, he decided that after that game that he wanted to part way, part company with Guy Boucher, he slept on it and felt the same the next morning. So then informed Guy Boucher he would have been relieved of his duties. But as I was listening to Hockey Central the other day and Doug McLean pointed out that that is not what happened. That he, Doug McLean's theory and Brian Burke seemed to agree as well was that Eugene Melnick, this, this well, I don't even know how to describe it, but this, this owner of the Ottawa Senators who is so... Um, knee-jerk in his reactions and is going through so much with the whole stadium problems that they've got at the moment and trying to build this new arena, like suing his business partner, firing coaches. Doug McLean talked about a story where he knew the old GM of the, um, of, uh, the Ottawa Senators and he told a story about how that GM once after a game got eight missed calls from the owner after the final whistle while the GM walked down the stairs to the dressing room. And all of them were Eugene Melnick trying to get the GM to fire the coach. And the GM ignored him <laughs> in this scenario and didn't fire the coach and moved on to the next day and everything was fine. But it just seems like there's this kind of owner who is putting in, he is putting in a lot of money, don't get me wrong there. He's putting in loads of money. He's getting nothing in return and he is not happy. But he also just seems a little bit of a, a loose cannon and is is making these decisions and you described it well there, Clay, you've got, you've got a, a tire fire going on right now in Ottawa and every single time that there is an opportunity for the flames just to die down a little bit, Eugene Melnick comes along with a little can of petrol and just chucks it on there to keep it going. And it is just baffling. I couldn't believe that I was waking up Friday morning and reading top news, the Ottawa senators after the lease got, destroyed 6-1 by the Islanders. I couldn't believe it, but they managed it. The only thing is, there's not much more left that they can lose. The only, uh, the only thing they could lose now is the team from Ottawa, which Gary Bettman has said that he doesn't want to do for obvious reasons. But I just think, I feel so sorry for Sens fans because you have got no players. Your team is going to struggle to get to the salary cap floor. And I just... I, I, I struggle. I said in the, I think it was last week's podcast, I said something about how the Ottawa Senators were in a much better position than Edmonton just because of the, their roster build up and at least the Sens are starting from zero. <laughs> I take uh -huh. all of that back. 
because actually, if I was a fan of the Senators now, I would be looking at someone like Thomas Chabot and seeing him as just the next player that's going to leave. He will have a good few years while he's, un he's restricted. And then as soon as he can, he will be traded because they do not want to pay them any money. And I just think for a fan, that must just be the most demoralising thing. These guys were in game seven about to go to the Stanley Cup final like mm. two years ago. And now look at them. They can't, I, I can't even name more than about two Ottawa Senators players because I don't know the rest of them. I don't know who they are. It's, but I just feel sorry for Sens fans. Go on, Adam. What do you think? I think the last win we got was against Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> and you're proud of that. <laughs> Kick and we've been out. on a seven-game losing streak. Um, they're the only team that's making everyone else look like Tampa Bay. Yeah. <laughs> God, yeah. That's very well. I, think, I also feel, well, I feel for the fans... Um, I also feel what's that? What was the young defenseman they got back from um, Vegas? Brandstrom. Brandstrom. I feel for that. From everything I've heard of him, without seeing him play, he's going to be something special. Yeah. And what his next few years are going to be like with his um, progression, that sort of stuff. But all of them, isn't it? It's yeah. all of them. It, it, it's Shabbat. It's Brandstrom. It's Kachuk. All of these young players mm. who are, who are going to be great NHL players. They are going to have such a tough few years because they've got zero experience in that dressing room. They've got no leadership in that dressing room. They've got a, a, a club that is the yeah. They've got a club who is the laughing stock of the league. I mean, either you are going to come out of that and be a world beater, and nothing will ever phase you again, or more likely, it's going to have an impact on your career. Yeah. Did you just so you so I mean. I don't want to draw similarities to Detroit and uh, Sens because I don't think that's fair. But, you know, you guys are in a, in a similar position in terms of the fact that you're rebuilding. That's the only yeah. kind of similarity that I can bring across. You guys are in the position you are because you've been so unbelievably successful. So to compare yeah. to the Ottawa Senators <laughs> is wrong. But you guys are both in the rebuilding stage. But do you kind of have faith in your, in, in your team to do the right thing and make the right decisions? Because that, that for me would be the bit as a Sens fan where I would just be tearing my hair out. Yeah, as long as Ken Holland doesn't put no trade clauses on every single contract. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, we've, like, we've had Philip Zadina come up in the last. He's had three games now. Um, we got Joseph Villano in the... Prospects pool, Jared McIsaac, and they're both having really good seasons. They'll come up in the next couple of years. We've still got a whole bunch of young guys. Athanas is having a pretty good year. Darren Helm's having a pretty good year, apart from his injuries. Um, I think as an organisation, we've got our new arena, even though mm. it's nothing like Joe Lewis, but it's still it's brand new. It's nice from everything I've heard. It's a cool place to play. I've never, I've never watched a game there. I, I went to it and looked around it. It's amazing. It looks incredible. As you said, yeah, it hasn't got right. the history of Joe Lewis. But it, yeah, you, you guys are well set in what yeah. is an incredible part of Detroit where you've got a American football field, a baseball field and a hockey and basketball arena within 10 minutes walking distance of each other. It's incredible. Exactly. And, and we've got... I know we're going to have a, a few losing years. I'm just looking at the drafts for the next three years. We've got a whole bunch of picks... Um, yeah, I'd rather be in our position than than Ottawa, definitely. Yeah. 
See, oh, yeah, yeah. With um, Ottawa, and I think we've had this conversation a few times because obviously last year there weren't any firings. This year it's like, geez, you sneezed yeah. the wrong way and you might get fired. But what was <laughs> interesting reading the kind of coverage around, uh, you know, the, the firing was the behind the scenes. And, and, and I'm not saying that it's all, the, you know, on uh, Boucher, um, but when they look at the hard stats, it's interesting what impact one man has on a team. So um, The Athletic wrote a piece where it said, since Boucher became coach, the Sens gave up the most goals in the NHL, 733 in 228 games. The power play ranked 25th and the penalty killing was at 28th. And even the goaltender, um, Craig Anderson, was talking about how the team were making the same mistake again and again and again, but the message that was coming from um, Boucher didn't change. And so that's why some of the team in the locker room were just starting to kind of disengage. They weren't really buying into that. Um, so I thought that was quite interesting because I think that actually some of these issues and the Ottawa have, have faced quite a lot of complications, not just this season, but even last season, the rumours of what was happening behind the scenes with Mike Hoffman, Eric Carlson, you know, and the wives and it almost ended up in a lawsuit, didn't it? But then it didn't. Yeah. Um, and trades kind of evaporated that issue. But just the... I think that's kind of quite interesting about the message and, and what difference a coach can make. Um, because, you know, my, my forever man crush will always be Mike Babcock. Um, I love reading his books. I love his messages as a business leader, not just as a coach. But he is a guy that demands a lot of respect. And I'm sure, and he did when he was at Detroit as well. Mm. Um, so it, I, I don't know so much about Boucher, but that doesn't, it's not, it's not great reading when you're your key defenseman and your goalie is coming out saying that on no. his exit. And maybe maybe it's because I'm used to watching uh, football over here and I'm used to coaches being sacked just for, you know, a, a couple of bad results. There was part of me that wondered whether, do you know what, if, if they've decided that Guy Boucher is not the guy for them um, going forward, then... What, why keep him? I don't, you know, there's, there's nothing really to be gained from that if you don't think the team's trending in the right direction. Because of coaching, you've also got to look at the fact that all of those stats could be put down to the fact that he's having players taken away from him left, right and centre and he's basically been given a bunch of kids. The bit that got me was the fact that, you know, the, the whole vote of, no co- vote of confidence thing one day and then getting rid of him a few days later looked like it was a knee-jerk decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, which would be the worrying thing for me. Uh, but the other problem that Ottawa are going to have is Guy Boucher is reportedly one of the um, lowest paid NHL coaches or was one of the lowest paid NHL coaches. So, you know, if they think they're going to go out and sign a Joel Quenville or uh, somebody like that, then there's no chance. There's absolutely no chance. I mean, I don't, I can't imagine someone like that would want to go there right now. But if they're not even going to pay the going great for for top NHL coaches there's not a chance they're going to get that person there and I thought it was very interesting that Pierre Dorian said in his press conference we will go out and we will get the best NHL coach and he stopped paused and then quickly added that would suit our needs in our current situation almost Mm. to say whoa 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 no like we're not going big (laughs) we're not we're not going for an amazing coach we're going to go for one that would suit our needs so yeah I don't know. It's really tough. I don't like to see it. I mean, it's, 
it's fun as a Leeds fan to see your, your counterpart or your, your local rival team struggling. But I, you don't want to see a team struggling this much because this is just this, it's painful. They did win, though, uh, last night. Um, they beat Florida Panthers 3-2, so they ended a seven-game losing streak. So, but they're th- they're, And I know we've talked about this so many times, and I know Sens fans must just be... Uh, they must just switch off as soon as they ever hear this on anything. But how frustrating is it that you are in a year where you're going to finish bottom of the NHL and you haven't got your own first-round pick? I mean, they are... They're doing the thing that teams shouldn't be able to do, which is be absolutely terrible. And then they're not going to get the relief that they should get for it. They're not going to get Jack Hughes. They're not going to get Capo Caco. Well, I can never remember which way around that name goes. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they are, they are going to have to hand that person to the Colorado Avalanche. And they, even with that trade, which they made, which was a terrible trade for Matt Duchesne, but even with that, it was a conditional pick. So it could have been last year's first round pick, which would have been third or fourth. I can't remember. But, you know, you have now, they bet on themselves in a year when they really shouldn't bet on themselves. And how different a story would be if they could legitimately say, do you know what? Fine, we finished bottom of the league. We'll have Jack Hughes. Thank you very much. Thomas Chabot, Jack Hughes. Wow, that looked good. But mm. I don't know. Tough times. Tough times. Well, see, so Columbus are an interesting team right now, aren't they? After they seem to go big and do some great plays during the trade deadline. And there is talk that whether they've really got themselves an upgrade and bought themselves uh, a few extra chances um, to get to the playoffs. They're not there yet, but... You know they're in a they're in a four way battle, aren't they? I think Rob posted in the Slack group about this. Uh, it'll it'll be an interesting one to see what happens with them in the next few weeks. It's make or break, really, isn't it? We were having a good conversation on the Slack group the other day uh, <laughs> with with noted Matt Duchesne super fan Stephen Edwards, um, who who loves everything about that guy, uh, not. And um, he was enjoying the fact that Columbus were losing the other night so much that he felt like it was worth pointing out that Matt Duchesne, in his eyes, is the curse that keeps teams out of the playoffs. Um, obviously still burnt from his Colorado days uh, with Duchesne there. But it, I, I really want Columbus to do well this year for one simple reason. I'm not a John Tortorella fan, but I really want them to do well. And that is GM should be encouraged to do what Kekalainen did and go all in. GM should so be encouraged to do that because that is fun and fun is a good thing. And I really hope this doesn't backfire for the Columbus Blue Jackets and they end up missing out on the playoffs and then presumably not signing any free agents and then being a bad team for quite a long time. I really hope they do well because the message that sends to GMs as an option, I love it, but I'm really worried for them and I hope they do turn it around. Yeah. Okay. We mentioned this Slack group, um, Slack is an app, by the way, where we've created um, a closed group uh, specifically for listeners of this podcast who are NHL fans from afar. If you want to get an invite to that, drop us an email, nhlfansfromafar at gmail.com. Uh, pumped a couple of questions in there this morning as, as I woke up. Uh, as for people's weekend highlights, um, Stephen said Edmonton shocking Columbus and seeing the Deshane effect in gear this early on. Andy, uh, the Canucks fan, said yep. uh, uh, he his was losing my fantasy matchup by 0.9 of a point. That's going to annoy me for weeks. 
Oh, and a couple of people here, um, Rob and Andy mentioned the Ovechkin goal, no goal thing, which did you see this against New York Rangers? Round four of a shootout and Ovechkin goes to take the goal and um, Yorgiev, New York Rangers goalie, it was like, did he throw it? Did he not throw oh, it? Oh, yeah. And so then it was that. immediately it was... Uh, it was given as a no goal. No, it was not given. Then right. after review, then the ref said after video review, it has been determined that uh, the goalie threw his stick. Therefore, the goal is awarded and uh, Caps won. And that was the game winning goal. So hang on. The refs gave it a no goal to start with. They said it wasn't um, a goal. Yeah. What? Um, yeah. I can't... So I've seen a clip, but I just assumed that it was waved off. Because he, he basically... It was waved uh, off initially. He has his stick and he flies, he, he kind of sources his stick along the ice and just knocks the puck away from Ovechkin. I mean, it's very clever. But yeah, I just, I watched it and thought, no, that can't be a goal. Did you see it, Adam? Yeah, well, I saw the replay and I think they went over the rules. It's along the lines of it when a goalkeeper attempts to stop the shot by throwing something at the their stick or an object at the player. <laughs> it's, pretty much, it's pretty much how it's worded. Um, if they throw any object at the player taking the shot or goal, a goal will be awarded. Yeah. Imagine, imagine them Regardless just taking it goes in. His, his blocker off or something like that and just hurling yeah. it at the player. <laughs> throw the helmet at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, can, I can't believe that they gave that as no goal to start with. Oh, God, no, no goal to start with. I That's love pro sport. It is, it is crazy, isn't it? I've, I've got a theory that the NHL will be a great sport when it is finished. Like, it is so, there are so <laughs> many of these little, like, rules and things that go on where yeah. people are, like, scratching their head going, nah, is that okay? Can we do that? I don't know. Like, <laughs> and, like, in a few years' time, maybe, when, when all is said and done, uh, then we will have one of the best sports in the world. At the moment, it's still got some teething problems. We're still in a beta mode at the moment, only 102 years on or whatever it is. <laughs> um, other thing as well, uh, Man Crush of the Week nominations. Um, a couple here, Matt, the Dallas fan, says, uh, and also I think Abby, our Blackhawks fan, chipped in on this one as well. It's got to be the captain, Jamie Benn, uh, scoring a hat-trick against the Blues on his first game back from injury. I'll need Jamie Ben because I think it sounds like they've got um, a heck of a run for a load of games in the West coming up. Um, yeah. Oh, it's still that, that Western Conference, although it has kind of spread out a little bit now um, to the point where it's not so insane that all of them can change in the wildcard spot every single night. You've got Dallas and Minnesota as to record this in the wildcard spots in the West, both on 71 points. And then Arizona, Colorado uh, on 69 and 68, respectively. Edmonton finally look like they're out of it so that they can get over themselves and start thinking about rebuilding. Um, but yeah, interesting stuff still in the West. And St. Louis have kind of halted just a little bit on their incredible run that they were on. Mm. Um, yeah, so... it's getting to that point in the year when you are starting to look playoff matchups I mean, unless you're a Detroit fan obviously um, but uh, yeah, Adam do you, uh, I was going to say so how do you feel about this I was just looking at the league and I mean the <laughs> the Sens the Sens self-combusting is not ideal for you guys um, because you're now four points behind or ahead should I say sorry ahead of Detroit of um, Ottawa I'm in the Ottawa. standings yeah 
do you how do you see these last few games are you willing your team to lose because i can remember this at least a few years ago when we were going for matthews i was kind of hoping that players would just stop playing well um because we wanted the best chance of getting matthews are you feeling the same about jack hughes oh definitely definitely about hughes and it's funny like um whether I'm wanting my team to play badly or not, I don't really think we have a choice. We're pretty horrible. Um, all, all I really want for the rest of the year is for Zadina just to get a bit more, just as much ice time as possible, um, yeah. just to find his feet. It's, it's been a bit hard because he doesn't have anyone really giving him the puck. He has to do almost <laughs> everything himself. Um, and I'm looking at our run home and I don't even see us being able to win. Because we've got the Lightning twice. Mm. Uh, we got St. Louis, we got Vegas, we got Colorado, we got Montreal, both fighting for playoff spots. We got the Sharks, we got Boston, and then we got Pittsburgh twice. Oh my God, that's that's so, horrible. Yeah, the only ones I can see as actually having a shot in is Florida and Buffalo twice, yeah. and the Devils. All the rest are teams in playoffs or fighting for playoffs. I don't. I reckon we could play our hearts out, and we'll still lose. Like fifteen of the seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you've just, like, hope, you've just got to hope Ottawa win a couple more. Yeah, I'm just looking at if I if we can get Larkin, Zadina, Valeno in the prospect, and then Hughes, I'd be very very happy. Mm. Yeah. So I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to the next few years to see what we can come up with. I know they're not going to be winning years for a couple, but you've already won loads of cups. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, they're... yeah. I'm very proud of our history when I first found out about the 25 years straight in the playoffs. I really was quite proud of that. Yeah. And then... And then you joined. And then I joined. <laughs> I only got to enjoy it for six years. <laughs> yeah. So bearing in mind that then, who would you give your man crush of the week to, Adam? Um, it pains me to say, because they just belted a 6-1, but um, I'm going to give it to... Carry Price for what he did for that young fan. The yeah. eleven-year-old, yeah, yeah, Amazing. that was that was awesome. And like, it's different when you read about it to when you watch it, and you hear the kid talking to, him and the kid's voice breaks, and then Price just puts down his gear, takes his helmet off, gives the kid a hug, and then goes above and beyond what he needs to do. Yeah, for mm-hmm. people who who don't know that, basically, that um, their mama died of cancer. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was really emotive, wasn't it? The mum had set up um, like a, a meeting between the two of them or was trying to uh, before she passed away. And um, I think the rest of the family and the Canadians got it uh, sorted out afterwards. And and I think Price handled himself really well. He spoke about it's not going to do anything to bring the mum back, but it's just a little thing that he could do. And you could see the difference it made. So I really... Like seeing that, and um, I guess the close backup would be um, Sidney Crosby doing that skate around with a training session with all the little kids. <laughs> yeah, playing yeah. like this, playing like the stuck in the mud on the ice, and that was just awesome to watch. And yeah, He's I love. A- so I just love seeing the interaction of the pro athletes with the kids and the yeah. and the fans. Crosby's got his own um, hockey school that he runs in summer um as well he he really gives back to like training um mm. and running academies um for young kids back from uh where he's from i think 
um yeah he's really he's quite passionate about that he's using his brand i suppose if that's the right word in the right way it, it's incredible yeah. it's interesting to say about the kids as well because i mean sometimes i feel like mitch marner could be a man crush every every week because he did something similar with um uh hayden's seventh birthday got the cake out and celebrated and dedicated um i don't know if it's a win I can't remember if it was a win on that game, uh, but dedicated um, a win and got a cake for a seven-year-old's birthday, which I thought was really cute because he's oh, great cool. at doing stuff. You know, I put him down as the Valentine um, the other week uh, for Man Crush of the Week, but I didn't pick Mitch Marner oh, this yeah, I week. That one. Yeah, mm. I didn't. This week, last well, I've just set the scene. A couple of weeks ago, Jolon, we were talking about hockey masks and... Yeah whether there are any hockey masks in the Hall of Fame. And it turns out that as of this week, there is now <laughs> really? a hockey mask. Yeah. And so uh, the story behind it is um, a guy called Al McKinney um, had to sit in this office in Montreal many, many years ago, like 60 years ago. And they basically slapped plaster all over his face, um, put straws in his nostrils so he could breathe. And he had to sit there with, for half an hour to like, for the mask to like harden. Um, and then basically this mask ended up being um, the one which Montreal Canadiens legend um, Jack Plante would like famously wear in a game in 1959. And that set the scene for how the face of goaltending changed in the NHL forever and ever and ever. Um, you know, because obviously goalies didn't used to wear masks and then this kind of started the the theme around it. And so various different ways, this mask has kind of been passed from people's bedrooms to garages and things like that. And the person who's got hold of the mask uh, gave it to their son and the son has donated it to the Hockey Hall of Fame. So I'm not quite sure who the man crush really is. I guess it's the person who sat there in the office um, having it made for their face so that someone else could wear it. Um, but what a bizarre thing. And I thought, how random that we were only just talking about that a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it looks like the thing of nightmares. If someone came wearing that behind me in a dark alley, I'd absolutely crap my pants. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, if it protected their face um, and, you know, changed the equipment laws for goalies uh, in this crazy sport, then so be it. You know, it's it's mad, isn't it? It's just crazy. You can see pictures. It's online. Um, I mean, it looks like it's kind of brown stroke gold. Um, but yeah, it, it looks quite terrifying. That's all I'll say. That is such a randomly cool story. <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> What's yours, Jolon? Uh, I don't know. So I was also going to choose Carrie Price. Um, for, oh, sorry, um, mate. No, no, no. It's, it's, <laughs> it's right. He should be multiply nominated. And for me to choose a Habs goaltender is uh, is quite something. So, yeah, it was incredible. And I so agree with what you said about how it was. Um, it was when you watched the video of it that it hit you. I mean, I read about it a couple of times and I didn't really see much of it. And then I actually just watched the video. And, yeah, it really hit home. And it was just a such a such a lovely thing to do and such a yeah impressive gesture so that was mine and um, so off the top of my head the only other one i'm going to come up with is um i'm john tavares well nah, that was that, yeah although i'm not sure i've got a man crush on john tavares um 
he's he's just all business, isn't he, John Tavares? Um, but I was, yeah, I did. I, he would he would be up there for me. I'm going to go back to my ongoing campaign, which is to make sure that um, Kasperi Kapanen gets signed by the Leafs because <laughs> I'm going to Toronto in a few weeks' time, and I really, really want to buy a Kapanen jersey. I be- want you to wear a Kapanen wig. He's literally just my favourite player ever. He's my favourite human being. I re-watched a, uh, a Leaf to Leaf, which are these awful cheesy videos that the Leafs put out uh, where one Leaf interviews another Leaf. And I re-watched Kapanen's interviewing of Nylander last season. And uh, Nylander is awful in it because he's just so relaxed that it's a terrible interview. But Kapanen is hilarious. And just seeing him around and seeing him on social media... And all of this kind of stuff, I just have this massive man crush for Kasperi Kapanen. And the way he played hockey is just great too. So I want to buy a Kapanen jersey, but he is a restricted free agent at the end of the year. And I don't know whether the Leafs can afford him. So if you're listening, Carl Dubas or Brendan Shanahan, then get the checkbook out. Sign Kapanen to a long-term deal so that I can go to Toronto, buy the jersey. And then, uh, yeah, so he would be my nominated second man crush of the week behind Gary Price. Oh, I can't buy player jerseys anymore. Why? Why? Oh, I just curse. Every time I get one, get oh, one. Oh, really? One, get given one. They've moved team. It happened at Arsenal. It happened at my basketball team. So when it came to Who? hockey. Who's your basketball team? Uh, the Cavaliers. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. So when oh, they man. Came, yeah. So who, so what um, Arsenal jersey did you get before the players left? Was it Thierry Henry, um, Dennis Birdcamp? No, it was a Fabregas was the first player jersey I had. Brilliant, um, yeah. And then he went. Uh, I had a Van Persie one. Yeah, he went. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of got over it from then. Yeah. And then I, was, I had three players on the basketball team and two Arsenal players all within like three years. Yeah. And I said, yeah, I'm getting a bit over wearing players' jerseys that kind of decided to leave <laughs> yeah. rather than get traded, so... Yeah, that's the good thing about hockey is that normally that these star players sign long-term deals, so at least you know for a good five or six years that they're going to be uh, they're going to be good. Yeah, this is true, and it's just... I was very pleased when Matthews signed, so that I knew my Matthews jersey was good for at least another five years. It's pretty hard to wear an ice hockey jersey in Australia, though. It doesn't really get cold enough in winter. Oh, uh, yeah, I think the only time I wear it and. The Red Wings are playing is when I drop the aircon to like what an unfortunate situation that feels like the great way to end this podcast <laughs> what a great predicament you can't buy them because the players leave and the, you can't wear them because it's too bloody hot <laughs> that's pretty much it oh my god predictions tell us who do you think um is going to win the Stanley Cup, an East and West uh, final. Who do you think is going to be in the Stanley Cup final? Who's going to win? Oh, it's always that. Who do you think and who do you want? Um, I, well, let's go. Let's go with who do you think first, and then you go with who you want. Oh, who do I? Who do I think's like so boring? Because it's almost the same as everyone else. I, I love. I love the fact that there's a juggernaut in the in the NHL this year. I love the fact that Tampa Bay is just pretty much been belting everyone all year because they're so good to watch. So, um, obviously, them for the East and for the West. 
Ooh. I've been tossing up between... I really... I've got this weird feeling about the Sharks are going to do a bit of damage, but I still keep worrying about their goalkeeping, so... I don't. I'd like to. I'd. I'll go Jets. Winnipeg. Winnipeg versus Tampa Bay. I reckon that'd be classic. That'd just be such a fast, awesome yeah. series to watch. Yeah. Um. But I'd. I'd really like Columbus to do well because I agree. I really like what they did at the trade. I, I like the fact that the GM had some balls and went for it and said, "Look, we're going to get all these players. We're going to give it a crack," and no one can say that. They didn't at least have a go. So I would really like to see them do well. I just don't think they'll get there. Hmm. Let's see. We'll find out. Well, and Claire, like... Claire, what do you, you, as I still haven't answered the question technically, who would you prefer out of the Islanders or Boston in round one of the playoffs? Um, I feel like um, Boston and I'd like to go back and uh, have a second chance at putting right what we put so wrong last season third chance, third third, chance. yeah sorry third chance yeah, yeah third <laughs> chance yeah yeah <laughs> yeah okay interesting i think that will be my answer too i think i prefer to face boston than the islanders i think if we lose to boston in round one then they're just a cursed team that will beat us forever mm. uh if they're if the islanders beat us in round one we will never hear the end of how john Tavares left a <laughs> a playoff winning team to join the Toronto Maple Leafs. So no, no. Okay, good. Bring on Boston. It's fine. I mean, we might get to play New York Islanders in the second round. <laughs> I mean, that that would be hilarious, wouldn't it? Boston first, New York Islanders second. I no, it'll feeling... be Tampa, won't it? Would it? Well, if they win, what if New York Islanders beat Tampa? Get rid of them. No, it won't be them, will it? It will be it will be whoever's in the wild card. So yeah. we would avoid the Islanders for quite a while if. If probably well, possibly for good, but yeah, I uh, I don't like I don't like being in the Eastern Conference. I don't like being in, in the uh, Atlantic Division. But yeah, come on, Boston, bring it on! You are just an absolute wimp. <laughs> you know? I'd rather take on Boston. I think. Do you think? Yeah, if you were in our yeah. position, then Adam, what would you want? I'd. I reckon we'd have a better. Well, I reckon you'd have a better chance against Boston with the speed. And I'd just, oh, if you guys lost the Islanders, oh. yeah, yeah, there we go. Like, He's at least, Adam's at least convinced me. Like, if you lose to Boston, at least you can blame it on a curse. If you lose to the <laughs> Islanders, God damn, you blame it on John Tavares. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that, deep down, I'd actually love to see that, but man, that would hurt you guys. <laughs> And on that positive note, I think we may as well bring this to an end and say if you have enjoyed listening to this podcast, then please subscribe to us. You can send us little reviews and ratings on Apple Podcasts or join that Slack group as well where you continue can continue to send Joel on abuse yep. um, directly uh, straight yeah. to his inbox. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, it's been really cool to talk to you. Thanks so much for um, spending your Monday evening with us. Thanks, Claire. Thanks, Joel. It's been, yeah, really interesting, really fun. Thank you very much. I, I suggest that we get Adam and we also get Stephen on for the uh, the live NHL drafting when they choose uh, who gets to pick overall because it would be great to hear Adam pitching up against Stephen who will be obviously cheering for the Ottawa Senators to get Jack Hughes 
uh, and then passing straight up to Colorado. So, uh, Adam, we may get you on again around that kind of time. Oh, definitely. It's the only thing I'm looking forward to towards the end of the season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the best with the rest of your season, and I hope you lose many, many more games, and that's not even an insult. Thank you very much.